Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation Greasy Bear Blues. I am the one P Shark. I am at underscore Scott Lee on Twitter as usual, but we're no longer melting, guys. No longer melting. So we'll get into that in a second. But you know, I tried to do a little play on words right there. Well, why are you doing that? I'm back on Dylan Brooks Island watching the sunset. This you got Trev, man, the corner man. What's good, everybody? What's good, y'all? The big man at Tab Shakira, aka Tab and the Rat, aka Let's Get It Going. Let's go, y'all. We, we ready, man. <laughs> for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all are missing that fifth member. Uh, of course, y'all know y'all can follow him. It's really shady. But uh, we got a nice, uh, I ain't gonna say replacement, but a nice uh, fill in for him. And uh, we like to call him Memphis Legend around here. Y'all know him as a host of Jason and John Show on 99 ESPN. Uh, Mr. Jason Smith, how you doing? Man, very happy to be here. Very uh, honored that you gentlemen would have me to fill such big shoes. I'm gonna try to do my best Tyus Jones impression. Back up, right? Gonna be put into a starter role here today. Try to do my best for you gentlemen. I appreciate y'all having me. That means the my, wow. that means my man ain't turning the ball over, and I'm cool with that. That's right. I'm not turning nothing <laughs> over. I'm taking good shots. I got you a know, nice little floater. Got a nice little floater. So I, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it because I knew uh-huh. that was a shot at me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna keep. We gonna keep it going, man. Jason is definitely an honor, man. For real. We talk about you know you come and replace and like nah, you're you're a legend in our eyes. And I know once me and Sharky started this thing, uh, you know, in, in the media, we saw you behind the Tigers game a few years ago. It was like, man, it'd be so dope to have you on. So to finally have that happen is, is kind of like a dream come true. So for one, we like to give you your flowers, your inspiration for all of us that's that's, that's on with you now, that's, that's going to be listening. And we want to say thank you for real. Like, thank Man, you. I, I, I very much appreciate those words. I'm, I'm humbled by them. Um, and listen, I, listen, I've had to come sort of around and come to grips with the fact that you know, whether it's been in the newspaper industry or now over in radio, guys, I mean, you, you guys know the deal. There are very few mainstream spots uh, when it comes to uh, uh, us, black folks, when it comes to people of color, period, whether you're talking about uh, brown folks, black thing, folks, any on. So, so what I've come to realize that when you're in one of those spots, man, it is a great responsibility and you do have an obligation, man, to, uh, to, to, to hold down that spot. So you can keep that door open so you can get this thing where it's supposed to be. And especially in a, a city like uh, in a city like Memphis uh, and especially covering uh, covering some of the topics we are. So I, I, I consider it a, a, a great responsibility um, and just happy to have uh, happy to that I could inspire a few, if, if any at all, that I can inspire a few. Not just hopefully inspire, but maybe maybe hopefully help move up that platform. Uh, as we've you know try to do for for a few and you hope that few becomes a great many so anyway that was a long answer to say man thank you for having me and thank you for the kind words bro really it uh, we, we definitely gonna talk more about that just having that that representation especially being in a city like memphis you know to be able to put a black face you know to you and then to be like the man that you are like really humble laid back but you got that action but they call you watch man what's up with that they call that say it again. They call what? They call you wash. They call me wash, man. What's up with that? I, I call I call myself wash, man, over there because because I'm not listen, when it comes to that tiger basketball beat that I was on for six years, man, where you gotta be, you know, you gotta be plugged in at all times. You you consider it now where they got me on the radio and just hey, kind of saying what I think I feel. Don't have to be as plugged in, don't have to be like a cop on that beat and have everything as soon as it happens. 
Uh, I call myself a little washed from that. It's nice to be able to unplug every now and then. But the, and the other the other great thing, I'll tell you that, about, about moving on the radio real fast, is that as that Tiger beat writer at the Commercial Appeal, well, that was my box. That's what folks asked me about. That's what I was technically supposed to be an expert on. And but 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 I watched the Grizzlies. I'm a fan of the Grizzlies uh, and, and had covered the Grizzlies during my college days for sports tickers. So back to the point, man, I get into the radio, get a chance to kind of break out of that box. Um, and that that becomes, you know, a, a, a great honor and a great challenge. So, yeah, man, no, I'm, I'm watched in the sense of man trying to break news and be first on this stuff. But but, man, if you want to if you want an opinion or two on these Grizzlies, and these Tigers, I got you all day long on those. I got you all day long. Now you're from Memphis, right? Yeah, well, not born, not born here, but raised here. Uh, my dad moved us here in the early '80s, actually, to work at Channel Five with Jack Eden and Jarvo, and at that time, Harold Grader. Uh, my dad was in the television game, so we moved here early '80s. I'd been born in Jefferson City, Missouri. We had moved down to Florida for my dad to take a TV job down here. Then he got a job early '80s at Channel Five, WMC TV, right there on Union. We were living in Midtown, and since the second grade from Bruce to Rozelle to then Snowden Middle School, then on to White Station, it's been it's been Memphis. So everything but born here, certainly raised here, and it's a uh, it's home, man, and has been for uh for the majority of my life, brother. Now now forty five, pushing on forty six years old in October. Right on, and you got into like the media from like watching your dad, right? I did. It was, you know, my intention, long story short, was to go into television like my father. Um, but I got over to the University of Memphis after blowing it at TSU, got back into school late and about five years, quite frankly, after a, like a five year hiatus between TSU and, and getting back in and decided, OK, I'm going to follow my, uh, my dad's footsteps, try to do television. I love sports. I'd be a sports reporter and got over there, took a media writing class from a uh, then an adjunct professor by the name of Jerome Wright, who was working over the commercial appeal. And he at that guys at that time, newspapers, you know, they were they were flourishing still. It was before the big fallout, before advertisers pulled, before the Internet really just changed the game in terms of you know, us having to go to paywalls, and everything like that. But the point was that it was still the land of the plentiful. And so I, he talked me into a newspaper career. And I was lucky enough after getting out of Memphis in 02, the University of Memphis, uh, graduating there to get a full time job, 03, covering preps. For the CA, and so it was a different sort of. It was a different medium for me. My dad was still in. Uh, was back in TV at the time. He had changed from sportscaster and uh, sports director at Channel Three to now an investigative reporter. He had gotten out of sports at a time that I was getting in. And yeah, 2003, I got full time over at this commercial appeal covering preps. It was my way in. Uh, it was right timing because one of their two prep writers. Imagine that newspaper at that time had. Man, a full staff, the, the, the sports department took over a whole floor of the commercial appeal. And uh, like I said, it was the land of the plentiful. But man, did that time, that change in the 13 years I was there. But back to the point, yeah, 03, start full-time covering high schools. Did that for seven years. And then uh, seven years in, they, they, they promoted me to the Tiger basketball beat. So there, there you have it. it. done, you know, Grizzlies and stuff for sports ticker during my time at the, uh, during my time at the Daily Helmsman, back at the University of uh, University of Memphis. Yeah, man. Yeah, back at the many, many a great one came through there. I'm low on that totem pole for all the names that came through that Helmsman. But man, Candy Justice and the folks over there, man, did a ton for me. You know that that's where I found out. Hey, I can handle this this newspaper thing on a daily day basis because we were four out of five days a week, four out four days a week. We felt like a a daily newspaper where you had to grind and come up with new story ideas. So it was great preparation. For, uh, for, for what would be, a, I guess, a 13-year newspaper career for me. 
All right. So as I prep my question again, you know, Jason, definitely appreciate you for being on. You know, I believe I believe between like all all of us, we were definitely you know always tuned in to ninety two nine between the hours of twelve to two. So you know, thank you for being on. Um, but my question to you, like, what is it about radio that you seem to like and love? You know, you, you you've talked about your upbringing. Um, you know, coming through you know the newspaper through the Daily Huntsman. Um, so like, what is it about radio that you seem to like? You know, seem to have a very true passion about. I, I think it's, you know, what I mentioned earlier is getting a chance to to sort of branch out and not just be one thing, you know, on radio, uh, at least for us here in this town. And, and we've seen it. We've seen a shift. Like when I started in the newspaper game a while back, you know, what was you know what was clear and what the number one beat was, was Tiger basketball. But as the Grizzlies have grown, uh, not, not from going just the West Commons final to 4-4 to now with Job Morant like that, that desire, that thirst, that hunger for Grizzlies has has changed. And what being on radio does allows me to to weigh in on both. Still, sort of go back at times to my prep, my high school roots. Because again, the uh, so many times when we're talking about basketball in Hoop City, when all the prospects that come out of Memphis, you know, these stories start at that grassroots, at that high school level. So the thing with radio to to, to answer your question is, I, I I get a chance to be a little bit broader. Right. I get a chance to, to speak on a few more things. And and listen, it, it was a challenge after 13 years of newspapers going into radio. Other than being a guest on other folks show, I didn't know it the first thing about doing a, 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 a one hour radio show, much less a three hour radio show and filling that time. And, and guys, how, how many words three hours of radio actually is? I remember that first day and getting to the, the end of that third hour and literally on air asking, are we done yet? Because I literally I had I had exhausted all my topics about two hours ago, and not knowing a dang thing about the art of the the resetting your 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 top story and going back through it and just uh you know picking stories and all that. So so there were a great many challenges that first day that I I, was, I, I didn't to be honest with you didn't know if I was going to be cut out for it. But as time has gone on, uh, and as I've found it to be, you know just as an effective if not more so platform to again be able to uh, to 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 reach a, a a broader number of people because again in, my, in that newspaper business you know the, that those number of eyes they were dwindling and so again not to say that radio is the the greatest medium but it's certainly one that has remained strong throughout the uh i mean throughout the course of time and and, and history has proven that so uh, got passionate about it because I realized how many folks were listening, especially you, you'd be surprised in a market outside the top 50, at least from a television market outside the top 50 in Memphis, how just per, how thick it is in terms of the radio listening audience in Memphis. Like we grew up listening to, to George Lapidus and Bobby OJ, right? And, 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 and some, whether it was sports or whether it was Bobby OJ on, the, on the morning radio show, we grew Rest radio was part of our routine. And I didn't realize how just how much of a routine it was for us until I got over into it and realized, man, there, 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 it feels like there are just as many folks listening as there were reading your stories in the newspaper. So again, greater responsibility because again, I'm on more topics now. And guys, we're, we're not, you know, again, we're not just talking NBA and, 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 and college football and college basketball. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking issues for 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 uh, nearly a year there you know we 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 had to become epidemiologists because the sports were gone and we're having to again fill a 3 hour radio show so so i say all that to say you know i have become passionate about it hopefully um 
number one is a professional. Like you're going to throw everything you've got into it. But number two is I, my eyes have been open to just how effective a, a, a medium it is and, and frankly, how, how, how big a responsibility it is. So, so that's the part about radio is that, man, especially in Memphis, Tennessee, you find out with as many folks that are listening as there are, man, it's a, uh, it's a great responsibility. And like I said, I get, to, I get to weigh in on a number of topics and not just sports, but a lot of times it's over in, in news or, or whatever else. So um, I've, I've, I've had fun. With, I'm now six years in. Believe it or not, that's what's hard to believe is I, I look up and I'm now, you know, in October, it'll be six years for us as a radio show. And uh, yeah, man, to, to have gotten this deep in it, I would have never have dreamed that it would have gone as well as it has. Uh, because again, as a complete transfer, uh, transition, transformation for me, just in terms of professional career from what I was used to. And you, we speaking of legends, man, you brought up a legend. Rest in peace and our deepest condolences to the family of Bobby Oj, man. Definitely a legend in the city. Amen. Uh, for sure. No, Reese passed away. Um, I know Shark had a question, but real quick, when people say radio's dying, that's something that frustrated me. When people would say radio dying, radio's dying as working in radio. Do you feel like it's dying, or what, what's your thoughts on it? Not at all. See, see, uh, again, I come from a background of newspapers where I watched it, and and not to say that newspapers have died. I think they've done a a solid job of sort of stabilizing. But whether it was circulation based or wherever it was, those numbers dwindled. You could see it. The the number of clicks and everything else, everything going down as people realize. Listen, newspaper very simple. For far too long, newspapers were giving the information away for free on the internet while trying to sell a a a con, a, a, a paper. Okay, and and what people realized, well, what what the heck do I need a subscription for? To, to, to the edition, the handheld edition of the newspaper, if I'm going to read it online for free. And for far too long, places like the Commercial Field gave it away for free. Folks got used to getting their news for free. And then you come in 10 years later trying to drop paywalls on folks that have gotten their news for free for 10 years, uh, like we were talking about routine earlier and radio being a part of people's routine. People were in a routine of getting it for free. With radio, it's, it's, it's always been free, right, for the most part. And that's the part about it is they haven't lost anybody. And so advertisers, uh, unlike with, with, with newspapers, ad, you, you could, the radio could show their advertisers, hey, we still got this many people listening to us. And so, no, it's, it's never gone away. For whatever reason, like we said, radio is a part of people's routines in Memphis. And, and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it hasn't gone anywhere. And, in fact, you could, you could make an argument that it's, uh, it's stayed just as strong as it had been. It's the advertising strong. And so what that's allowed them to do is, man, flip some music stations and sports stations. And for for us over at uh, at 92.9, it's been it's been a great success here locally, especially, you know, from those hours of nine to six when we're all local. Sure. Yeah. So I hate to <laughs> I'm not going to explain. I'm not going to say exactly what happened. But the day I met you uh, was the day after you made an announcement on air that Sorry, artists will be at a big event in Memphis. <laughs> oh, here we go. I knew it was coming. So I knew I wanted, it was coming. <laughs> my question is like, how do you, how do y'all, how do you determine like how credible a source is on like actually spreading out information? Well, it, it can be tough. And I'll tell you one thing, uh, when, especially when it comes to that Memphis basketball beat, and we're seeing it now with the uh, set aside Memphis Madness performers, uh, whether it's covering recruiting or who Penny Hardaway is going to hire, you know, one thing, uh, one day can be completely different the next. And folks that, that are covering that program right now as closely as they are, the beat writers, everybody else, 
uh, you can see how difficult that can be. You know, that, that year, 2018, uh, was Penny's first Memphis Madness. And so it was everywhere. Well, who are going to be the performers? How big is it going to be? There were rumors everywhere circulating pretty good. And I had it, it felt like on pretty good authority from a, from a, from FedEx form, from an official down at FedEx form at the time that, you know, some, some non-disclosure agreements were being signed and that somebody big was coming. And, and the funny thing was at the time that that was happening, what you heard from just about every other media member was, oh, I'm hearing it too. I'm hearing it too. Um, what I, what, what I'll say about that situation is that in the end, a, a, a great lesson was learned by me because in the end, I was the person that had to answer for it. When those guys didn't, didn't show up, JT, by that time, I'm throwing Drake out there and it didn't matter that it, it, and a lot of people, you know, would, would try to harp on this. I won't, didn't matter that, that a lot of the other performers that we had said were, were coming did show up. It's, it's, it's the ones you got wrong. And what you figure out very quickly, guys, in this in, in, in your media career is it doesn't matter how many things you got right. That one thing, right? One thing or one mistake when it comes to your professional career, your reputation, to your point, your credibility, one thing can unravel it all. And so for a great many people, when when Drake and, and Justin Timberlake didn't show up that night, not falsely, you know, not written it, but reported on the radio when they didn't show up that night, my credibility was gone. And that was the lesson I learned that in my, you know, whether it was uh, at one point thirst to be right, thirst to uh, thirst to get the, the, the big scoop on that story. I got it wrong in the end. My source had it wrong. And in the end, I couldn't blame the source. In the end, I'm the one to answer for it. And so the lesson was mine to learn. And li listen, there, I, I've been asked about this a couple times. You know, would you go back and, and undo it? And, and it's sort of like my, you know, my college career at TSU. I had to, at that point, you know, I, especially early on in my radio career, I think I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm, I, I've reached a point now where I'm, I'm getting it all. I don't have anything to worry about, man. I don't need to double down and double and triple check like I had as a newspaper reporter. And, I, and, and, and to that point, like I said, I had folks telling me at the end, no, no, no. Uh, even folks like Curtis Gibbons saying, brother, you, uh, no, man, you, you, you want to pull this one back in at the end. I didn't believe Curtis. OK, at the end, I didn't believe people that were trying to tell me, no, brother. And, and literally, Curtis Gibbons, I, I, I respect him to this day for me. He tried to t like he was saying, brother, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, as a professional in your career and I've watched you and everything else. I'm trying to tell you this one ain't happening. And at the end, I had gotten so big headed about it, guys, to be real honest with you and, and hand before God uh, and so big headed about it that I thought even Curtis was lying to try to throw me off. And so, again, long story short, I got the big head thought thought at that point. I had been so right on everything with Tubby Smith. I must be right on this, too. I got this one source at FedEx Forum that's guaranteed me JT's coming. And, uh, and boy, did I blow it. But, the, again, the lesson learned is uh, um, what I found out, too, after that was who's with me, right, who was still with me, and who very quickly that I might have thought beforehand was, was cool with me and with me, who very quickly, uh, again, I was that clown to. And all of that, all of my, to that point, 13, 14 year professional career didn't mean a damn thing to them. The, the one night, uh, uh, the worst night of my career for them was enough to sort of put the, put the, uh, the tombstone on me and point to this guy as a, as a failure in this business. And, and to this day, that's something I got to live with, right? There, there, there is no fighting that. And so, uh, long story short, yeah, man, it was the worst night of my career because, you can you can get uh, on the night of you can get it right on the on the build up you know to to that point in your career you can get it all right but boy 
can a mistake haunt you? And, and I'll tell you what, it still does to this day. It still does to this day. Because, again, it's something that Penny Hardaway shouldn't have had to answer for afterwards. Right? He's putting together his first madness, the last thing you want him doing, and his first, you know, first really a big event as a college basketball coach is having to answer questions about, hey, why didn't Drake JT show up? Did you, did, did, uh, did you try to get those guys? Were they on the docket? So, uh, again, it was unfair to Penny, and it was unfair to the folks who did go down to madness hoping for Drake and JT. Kudos to you. I was about to say, kudos to you for standing on for standing on that though, right? You know, you know, some people. Uh, I mean, you have to. There, there's right. there's too many guys. It, it, it was a lesson learned, and and if I don't if I don't eat it up every time, then mm -hmm. then then and, and I try to pass off. Oh, that was my that, that that was that was my sources, and it just blew. Oh, no, no, I promise you, no. Then then it, it's not real, and and I'm not out here trying to sell uh, fake guys. Uh, for the times in my careers, and there've been there've been many more that I've made mistakes. Hopefully, my mistake can be one that uh, a, a story or a testimony that others can learn from and not make that same. And I, I, I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. For us, for 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 for, for African Americans, for Black folks uh, in this business, like you don't want to be in my shoes that night, making that mistake and potentially unraveling right the the, the good and the credibility that you built. So, so that's why so I call you watch I'm gonna keep it real because I don't want any of you guys. I don't want anybody. Quite frankly, whether you're black, white, brown, whatever it is, nobody should should be in that position. So by all means, uh, learn from me. You hear me, Jason? <laughs> What's that? Said, that that's a, that's a that is you watch, huh? <laughs> that, that deal with, I, I couldn't quite hear There will be a reason. There will be a reason. That was the 30 for 30 on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let, let's transition from, I guess, back then into now. Um through the pandemic, right? Like you had to create content for a three-hour show. You and you and uh, you and John. For us, it was like we still had to make content, but throughout the whole process, like we were able to be more confident in what we were doing. Was it something throughout the pandemic that you know helped you out? And you know, what did you learn through the pandemic as a person, as a man, and in media? Well, um, a, a, a couple of things to be honest with you is that. Yeah, I, I think what we learned through the pandemic is that if we're going to be a successful show and we, you know, we've been told this beforehand, but that it, it needed to be about us, not about, you know, when, when John and I first started the show, we wanted to beat everybody on guests. We wanted, we wanted to, we wanted to book the show in a way that uh, Memphis had not seen. And so from that standpoint, you know, draw folks in. We thought that'd be great, right? Whether it's celebrities or coaches or whatever, hey, just book the show, right? Especially as I'm trying to figure out radio, you had John coming from the producer side with Jeff Hawkins having produced his show, but really first time as a full-time host. So, so first thing we're going to do is outwork everybody, get great guests, bring them in. But, but what we were told while we were doing that too, and, and, and very successfully, I'll say early on, because because that formula seemed to be working early on as, as folks got, but, but we were told that, listen, it, it can't be about the guests. It's got to be about y'all. It's got to be about your chemistry. It's got to be about, you know, not just what you guys talk about, but the way you present it. Uh, we, we, we talk about bits, whatever else. It, it's got to be about you and the, the structure of your show. And, and I say all that to say, to, to your point on the question about, about the pandemic, when that hit, and there were really no guests to get on, on sports because sports weren't happening. And so, what you know, as hard as it was for us to, like I, I, I suggested earlier, you know, to become epidemiologists, try to study uh, uh, the pandemic, what's going on, what we should be doing. As hard as it was for us to do that, what we found out was that, listen, without sports, 
this has got to be about us. And it's frankly where it, it was almost like, you know, everything was taken away. And so it's just you, you and in and, 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 and this case, me and John in a room together. And to your point, you got to fill three hours. And so what you find is a, a greater dependence, kind of like you guys, like, like you mentioned, a greater dependence on yourself because you got nowhere else to turn. There is no great guest to go get because the sports are done. And so you could become a news show if you want. But again, people tuned into us for a distraction. If they wanted to hear, I'd be in reliance with you. If they wanted to hear uh, uh, epidemiology, what's going on with COVID, they weren't coming to us for that. They were coming to us to be uh, the distraction that we usually are as, as a sports show. And so from that standpoint, we had to develop a greater dependence on ourselves. And and in that exercise, right, in that in, in doing that all those days through the pandemic, we got stronger. And, and not that we came out of it and said, you know what, we don't have to book great guests anymore. No, we still want to book great guests. But what we've learned is, uh, I'd be real honest with you, Brad Carson, our program director, was right. He was the one that told us early on, it can't be about this year after year, day after after day about great guests it's got to be about you guys the chemistry the structure of your show how you present it and again when you take all the extras out of it and the sports and the in this case the meat we had to, we had to eat still and what we realized is man we're the meat like it again whether it's our just our chemistry or our back and forth um it made us stronger in terms of our our reliance and 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 and, and our dependence uh to on ourselves man and so so it, it raised our confidence level and and man, my gosh, you you take sports, you you give sports back to a, or you give food back to a starving man right after he's been without it for a few months. Then we're then we're not just energized again. We're grateful as heck to have it all back. And so you know, but but in that process, like we said, we've gotten stronger because even having it all back, we realized it's still about us. It's still about you know having fun on the show. It's still about having a good chemistry, not taking ourselves too seriously. That 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 that's been a big part of it because I think when you do you can you can lead yourself to some some uh, some disappointment. So long story short, man, yeah, that's what it did for us was it it grew our belief in our in our our, our in ourselves in our confidence level in ourselves and our dependence and reliance on ourselves to get the job done. You know, you got a favorite non-player and player interview. Favorite non-player and player interview. That's a fantastic question. Um, I, I got to say, anytime I get to talk to Supreme Bay, uh, and John has developed a relationship with him, I was more again when he was when he was shining at Memphis playing. I was covering high school sports, so I didn't cover CDR during his time at Memphis. Um, but getting to know him, and I guess and here's the thing. From the outside looking in, you'd say, "Man, what is he on now? Like, what, what, you know?" And and he and he's, you know, he, he we've seen his name come up in the uh, in this, uh, you know, investigation now and everything else into, you know, stuff that we saw Tony Allen, those other some of those NBA guys involved with. Set all that to the side. Like, Supreme is not motivated in the same way a lot of us are, and so anytime that I can get outside, you know, I can be taken outside a box. Uh, things I expect to say, and 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 dude, he's a he's an education. Anytime you get to talk to him, so just in that sense, kind of kind of not knowing where Supreme is going to take us, any chance we get to talk to him. And I guess I I would still consider him athlete uh, in that sense. Um, um, he's still that you know he's former player now, but um, no man, Supreme has has kind of 
while it, it's kind of spacey with some of the interviews, and you, like I said, you don't know necessarily where it's going to go because it, you get all into the universe and everything else. Um, it is, it is, it is always entertaining and enlightening. And then, and then, um, man, I don't know if that's my non-player, if that's my player with where Supreme Bay is, uh, with where he is now. But then, then um, I, I'm trying to think. You know, it's, in terms of Grizzlies, like anytime, you know, anytime you can get Ja on right and we were able to for for media day those are always fun he, he's jaws a fun interview because it feels like he's always gonna say something i just wonder how long he's gonna be like that i remember you know jaron early on first couple of years right happy to be here wants to do everybody but after a while you do all those interviews and you realize you know what i don't necessarily have to say nothing uh so i wonder if, if that's always going to be job the one we get right now that's saying all original material you ain't never heard nothing like or, or eventually does he become that guy that sort of develops a thick you know that man i i don't have to tell y'all everything i don't have to invent uh, 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 uh something some new thought every time y'all ask me a question but um i mean those are those are some of them uh I, you you asked me I, I might come up with a few later you caught me on the spot with that one that was a good question <laughs> i mean but still like it's gonna take people like you to keep media interesting like we we, we know how it is at the end of the game it's quiet as hell and you can hear a pin drop you know but when a player comes they ask the questions but and it's kind of like the same old same old but it's like for you and john it's like y'all create dope content so it's like as long as y'all keep doing y'all thing the players are you know I, that's why i'm at with it what you think I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you one but just to start not non-player but he taught that they taught me something too that um when they came in a ball and mjg when they came in we've had we've had fly we've had uh gangsta black some of those rap interviews i've enjoyed the most i mean but i mean we've had neil degrasse tyson on but a ball and mjg when i tried to play the old man music ain't what it used to be card the old that i thought you know have sort of being around their age closer to their age is that they would relate to and be like, oh, man, you're right. It ain't like it used to be. You know, so sometimes you can do that with those older players and be like, and get on that, you know, find something that and, and get to a conversation. But but it was uh, MJG first that said, no, see, we don't hate on any of the new because what we realize is it's all a part of the evolution. I think I was asking them about the Migos and, and how they can just kind of make a sound rather than have to write, a, whether you write a, a verse or whatever else else whether it feel like to me old school hey there's a real skill to that verse right and making that thing timing wise match out like like mjg used to do in his verses but to his point i'm asking him man them sounds the me goes like that ain't the same as what y'all did this music his point was no man what you're doing is a form of of, of hating young brother asking him about those that, that that's just basically wrapping up with how he had schooled me to something you go into these interviews sometimes thinking how it's gonna go have an impression of where you think it might go, and it's those ones that, you know, they 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 educate you almost. In that case, MJG educated a a, a brother like me. Said, "Hey man, you you kind of slick hate. Don't don't hate on the the evolution of uh, of music." And again, like he had said, if we if we were any part of that, you got to respect it, whether you like the music or not. And so, like I said, it's those interviews that maybe make you think a little bit different way, man. That are that are the most fun for me. So let's let's take it to the court, man. I gotta ask you this one. So, you, of course, like I said, you watch your dad, you know, do his thing, and of course, you have your kid watching you do your thing. Um, when you're out watching a certain player and you see their dad come up, 
Which dads do you prefer? The quiet Dale Curry type or the in your face LeVar Ball T Morant? You know the words. Like which dads do you prefer to, to, to I guess cover since you're watching that child? So T Morant or or Dale? Yeah, so which, which dads do you prefer? Like the more quiet type, like when you in the stands, like doing your thing, watching and you know, analyzing, but you see their dads, you know what I'm saying? Do you prefer the quiet type, like the Dale Curry's, or do you prefer like the, the dads that's gonna be in your face? Oh, my, my child gonna do the boom, 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 you know. It's funny, the you know, covering recruiting, the the dads that were outspoken are always calling me to tell me how good their kid was. After a while, those were the those were the dads that weren't the most fun, even if they had a figure that was that was great, man. You know what I'm saying? Because you, it was just like, oh man, again, you, you know, you know, again with this, we know, you know, your your kids getting the love. We're, we're, you know, especially in a newspaper, we're trying, we're trying to get some love for somebody else or find the, the next big one. But, 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 so, so, um, there were times where I thought, at least covering them, there could be overbearing dads or dads who I thought wanted it more than the kid. In that case, uh, a lot of times you sport. How much fun is the kid having? Or are you, or are you trying to live your dreams through this kid? So, so covering them, I always had that sort of disdain for dads that I ran across that I thought were like that. That said, I'm sitting up here have, as my kid's eight years old. He's playing a little bit of uh, 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 grassroots AAU, whatever you want to call it. We're talking about second grade teams. But, I, but I'm, I'm finding as we, uh, as we go on these things, man, I'm in the stands yelling and everything else. And, um, man, trying not to become that dad probably that I had some disdain for. It's a little bit different when the kid is yours. You didn't uh, reach your hoop dreams, and now all of a sudden that ball is in his hands. He's eight years old, and you say, hey, man, don't be like me out there. You know, you, no, you're going to pass JV at White Station. We going to the league, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to have to having to find, back myself off. But then what I'm also nice. telling myself, too, is how many T. Morantz can there be? Like, a, a T, Ja told us that T was his biggest hater, right? And here's the thing. That don't work for everybody because if you and, – and, and thank God it did for John Moran, but here's my point. Like, if, if I was that hard on my little kid at this point, I'd be, I'd be worried about burnout. I'd be worried about, again, if, oh, man, if it means that much to my dad, well, well when I have a disagreement with my dad, I'll just turn it off. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I guess my point of being so hard on him that I turn him away for it, that he doesn't have a passion or a love for it. So, so I, I answer your question by saying this, that, that as I've gotten more into it, I've probably become more of the outspoken kind of dad, not saying my kid's great. But uh, but certainly during games, man. Um, certainly during games, I find myself yelling, being that outspoken parent. But again, having covered some of those dads, the best advice I've gotten is, man, just just let it be fun for them, because the likelihood is, uh, my kid, Lord knows, with the little bit of athleticism next to none, I handed down the next to no size. My kids, you know, good chance it's going to be at this level where we where we have our fun, and then it's going to be about life. And so from that standpoint, yeah, man. I'm just having fun with it and trying not to be uh not trying to be that overbearing dad that wants it more than his kid. But I but I'll take I, I to be to answer your question, not to I, I'll still take I'll still take smooth Dale. I'll take Dale who watches it, you know, kind of now again, now Steph's accomplished a lot, so it's a little bit easier for him. But I I, I still like to be that dad that could be as cool as him uh when your kid's out there shining and the goat the way his son is. Yeah, and I was gonna say, like to echo that, you know, it's it's easy to, I won't say it's easy, but you know, you can kind of see why T. Morant is the way he is. You can see why Dale Curry is the way he is. 
when you know your son is like, you know, top five, top ten guys in the league in the NBA, it's like, I mean, I could just kind of sit back, you know, watch my son put up 30, we'll take this dub. Like, it's kind of easy to do that. Instead of like being that guy that's yelling at the ref, yelling at the players, and your son putting up like five points a game. Like, that, how that works. So. <laughs> I, I wondered early on if LeVar was doing Lonzo, especially a disservice in terms of the way he was you know, take it to a whole nother level. You're putting an X on your back almost. I realize, you know, that that's a whole nother level once you're up to that degree. But, you know, we, we've we seen him. Uh, the talks with the Lakers and Magic and all that. Tone it down quite a bit because I think, yes, they were good. And you've done a hell of a job raising them. You got to, you know, to, to, to get them to this point. You did what you said you were going to do. You don't need to tell nobody anymore. The proof's in the pudding. And, and you're telling somebody so much, you got them on such a high level in terms of you're putting an X on their back uh, almost every night in terms of the competition, wanting to go out and, and, and show them that they're not the guys you're claiming that they are. So, so I, especially when it becomes, you know, you start to take away from some of the, the competitive advantage, it feels like, man, just, just, just let them go out there and ball. Speaking of putting X's on backs, the Tigers and the Grizzlies have went with this mantra of they want all the smoke, right? So, with that being said, what does Jason Smith think? Would the Grizzlies have to win a championship or, you know, go to the finals or make it to the, you know, second round, whatever, in order for us to be like, okay, we achieved our, you know, our goal, whatever, you know, with them running out of smoke. What is that level of, okay, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can be okay with this. You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm asking? Okay. Listen, my whole thing has always been as ways I was ready. If you're going to talk it, you, you know, you, you got to walk it. And and if you're going to put it out there, you got to be able to take it when it comes back. So, so listen, I know folks got caught up in the in, in Golden State and taking whoop that trick and some of the way Clay responded, Steve Kerr talking about the code, and it was. Uh, Golden State got really uppity, uh, no question, during that series and throughout the playoffs. But that said, you know, the Grizzlies are talkers. Penny Hardaway, Memphis, they're talkers. And I, I think – I think too that is, you know, that that's 2022, you know, and, and especially confident players. Now, now again, in most cases, Ja has backed it up, and if you're going to back up the talk, um, you get all the credit that goes with it. But a lot of times, what we find out is 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 is, and, and if there's one team that wins a championship, and so in the end, and and what you come to find out a lot of times is that talk gets thrown back in you. Folks have kept receipts. And listen, if you're the kind who that is motivation for you, as it has been, as it clearly is for Ja, all right, that's your, you, you got to set that to the side because I literally think part of Ja's DNA is finding those slights, right? It's, it's, it's the Michael Jordan, it's the Tom Brady in him that goes out and takes the smallest of slights from some fool with 20 followers. But for him, it's motivation and, and it leads to not just big game that night, but big season. They're chip on the shoulder type guys like that that have greatness in them that can take that stuff and use it. But I've always been one that you, you undersell and over deliver. And so from that standpoint, again, when you want all the smoke, if you're not delivering a championship or something nearly as big, right. Or something your city's not seen before, there's always going to be some that say, okay, well that ain't the smoke you were talking about. And so my, my whole thing is, man, you, you, you talk all day long, but you better be prepared to back it up in a championship way, or at some point, it's going to be thrown back in your face. And here's the key. Here's the key. When it's thrown back in your face, you can't act like you're offended. You can't act like, oh, man, what you mean? Like, like how could they be? How could they do that to us? Because, again, the way I was taught, no, man, you you dish, you put that out there. You dish that out. So you got to be able to, 
take it as well. Uh, there was a little bit of that with Draymond that I didn't understand. This little bit of Draymond that you want to buy in. Oh, he's his own guy, doesn't care what anybody thinks about him, right? Walks to the beat of his own drum. But then, it, you know, he tries to criticize the, the, the Grizzlies crowd at some point. The same Draymond that's throwing the double birds to him. And so uh, that's what I get to. Well, man, I thought you were thick skinned. And so from, from that stuff, Draymond's the perfect guy. If you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take it too. And whether it's the Grizzlies, Draymond, Penny Hardaway, that's the thing. And, and listen, I, I think with Penny, you've seen it. Like from the first year where he's talking about, I see national championship with the, the talent we've got. Again, not necessarily predicting one, but saying he could see it in the room. You've seen a sort of tone, man, we just got to make the tournament. Like that's what most, again, coaches especially, take away the athlete, coaches especially could sort of come to that 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 realization that, you know what, it's better for me to undersell and over-deliver than to, to, to say, I'm seeing national championships here. Let me just say we're going to get to the to the tournament, and then and then I'm overachieving, you know what I'm saying? So um, th there's a bunch of different ways to play it, uh, clearly with the young guys these days, and, and you like the talk. Talking some, it's part of the reason why Jai is where he is. It's part of the reason why this Grizzlies team is so marketable. But, uh, uh, again, in the end, if you're not winning the championships, remember that folks are going to come back with it and, and show you those receipts. And you can't get offended at that point. Can't get offended. Got to remember, you know, where a lot of it started. So the brothers know I am a bandwagon Warriors fan, so I do have to ask a couple of questions pertaining to them. One, the new media, what do you think? Or do you think that's a thing as far as Draymond bringing up the new media versus the old media? What are your thoughts on that? Well, listen, I, I actually like Draymond's, uh, the podcast. I like, I like what he's, I like the way he breaks it down. Um, I think, I, I think there is a place, whether it's CJ, uh, uh, JJ Reddick, there, there's a place for the, you know, the, the, the athlete who can break it down in a way that, that we, we haven't, we haven't gotten in the past. Now that's not to say that every athlete can go up there and do it. You've got to be interesting. Uh, uh, you've got to be uh, uh, be able to relate the game in a way that uh, uh, um, you know that you, we're we're not just seeing out here every day. Uh, um, so again, I, I, I what I would say is I don't think I don't think every team all of a sudden got a player that that needs to have a podcast necessarily. I think you know the guys that will be compelling and and interesting those will sort of rise to the top. But listen, that it's a it's a type of insight, right? It's always good if you can get players to weigh in on the game. We learn so much more on it than having uh, uh, all of us washed-up types that barely made JV or some guy that the, uh, uh, that never played the game breaking it down. I just think we can learn from a, a bunch of different ways. And listen, if we can have players providing that insight, you know, we call it we can call it new media. I call it good media in a lot of these instances. And so I, I've appreciated what Draymond has has sort of added to it. I just think. You know, a lot of times you gotta be you gotta be careful because some of those some of those personal relationships in in some of these areas where it's not a trained media deal, right? Because I will say there's a great deal in terms of being in, in terms of uh, of crossing uh, uh, lines, conflict of interest, that kind of thing. And um, as long as those personal relationships don't get in the way of uh, of your of your podcast, everything else, I think I think they're just as much media as anybody else, especially when they're providing educational insight on the game. Right on. So I got two uh, two more questions that we can definitely get to, get to the Grizz. But one, uh, back in 2018, that's when I had my first, you know, Twitter debate with 92.9. And it was as far as me calling the Warriors, the 2018 Warriors, the greatest ever. 
Like I said, it was dialogue. It was, you know what I'm saying? Uh, one of the people actually sent me a message. I don't know if it was you or not, but y'all sent me a message and, you know, said thanks for the civil dialogue because I guess, you know, y'all get a lot of trolls. But I'm here to ask you personally, who is the greatest team of all time? The greatest team of all time? NBA, oh, yep. On, bro. Um, all those teams with Michael Jordan on it, bro. So you know his answer. You know his answer is the GOAT. Yeah. Come on, man. He's a bull fan. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it, you got you got the GOAT on that thing. You have arguably the uh, best ever rebound during Dennis Rodman for the second half of those things. And one of the greatest point forwards, again, we, you know, in, in Scottie Pippen and a guy who, you know, by the by the end of it was, was elite defensively, you know, you could put him up against anybody. And so, well, I mean, when you when you when you throw three of them like that out there, and then for the you know, not losing one. Think about everybody that didn't get a ring because of because of those teams, like like Barkley and and Malone and those guys, right? I mean, Gary Payton got one later with the Lakers, but not not those Sonics didn't get one. Those so many superstars. Patrick Ewing didn't get one because of Mike. Like he kept so many. Reggie Miller didn't get one because of Mike. He kept so many superstars from getting them during that era and didn't lose one. I just it, it, from from a team standpoint, they had it all. Uh, I just have a hard time picking against those Bulls teams, man, because they could do it all, defend and score on you. I feel you, so I'm going to have to listen in and, and call in the next time y'all have that debate again, because <laughs> we'll be talking for hours about that one. But, all right, uh, let, I, got, I got one real quick. Too. Okay. It'll be a nice uh, nice one real quick. So, Jason, you uh, talked about uh, the time that you've uh, covered uh, high school sports during your time here in Memphis, so – uh, since we're on this talk about greatest and, and goats and things of that nature, who is the greatest high school prospect that you've covered here in Memphis? Mm, okay. And NBA wise, it was it's Thaddeus Young, who I covered from the beginning. Oh, Mitchell. <laughs> yes, sir. Mitchell. I was at his draft party that night, and and uh, I think it was Stephen A. Smith that called and said he'd be going to Philadelphia. Ended up calling it right on that one, but from a from a just, he had everything, left-handed, had the size. I mean, it was Thaddeus Young. Only thing he didn't do was win a, a state title. Um, those Liberty teams kept him. And Mitchell was loaded, man. They had a kid that went to Florida. Oh, just man, I was a witness. Uh, on, on that squad, <laughs> ended up and they, they ended up not winning. But, but in terms of NBA prospect high school, Thad was the best. Now, the best high school player I ever covered, I got to say it was Joe Jackson. I mean, because I listen, it. there's a part of me that still can't believe that that Joe didn't make the league. I, I was that convinced, even at Joe's size, that there's no way a dude who basically averaged 30 for his entire career, freshman to senior season, one of the top scorers we've ever seen come through Shelby Metro, scored more points than Thad and all that. Again, my era of covering high school sports, I, I was convinced Joe was going to make the league as an Allen Iverson type, but just a guy because because he had it all. He had the work ethic, he had the skills, he had the drive, and he was going to overcome this five foot ten, five foot eleven that that basically had overcome all of his life because Joe Jackson was that cold in high school. Like there'd be times where White Station was down and Joe would just turn it on. By the end of it, he was sitting on somebody's shoulders, literally sitting on somebody's shoulders, just dunked on. Like he would take over games. And back then, and man, that senior season. When him and Chris Jones from Melrose, and, yes. and I got to be honest, Ooh. Chris had his number. 
Chris was tired of Joe getting all the spotlight. <laughs> was tired of Joe, and it was an Orange Mound thing too. Like Joe being from yep. the Mound, Chris was at Melrose, yep. but there there was this built up. I can't stand you getting the limelight all the time. And so so as cold as Joe was, and I was still holding him up there. Chris, his senior year by that time had shown, dude, I'm not just a, 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 a one of your rivals. Like I can beat you and and take your cookies, uh, like they showed up at state. So. So Joe was still the best, but um, man, by by the end of it, so many folks had gotten grown so tired of Joe and so tired of the performances he had put on people. Bro, he had developed a, a hunger and a thirst in terms of some of his rivals that wanted to, you know, to, to take that back. And you got to give it was Jermaine Johnson ended up uh, putting together a plan and, and knocking off White Station. I want to say that, that state title game, but uh, but yeah, man, to answer your great question, that was the best NBA prospect, but Joe was the was the best high school player I ever saw. He was unstoppable. Unstoppable. All right. Drew's talking about a name, man. Great memories. Great memories. Uh, my last question for you, from you, uh, Jason, is what advice would you give somebody that's either, A, looking to come into this industry, or B, you know, that's in the industry but still having trouble finding their voice? Keep working. You know, and this is where um, you gentlemen know this, this gentleman. And I'm so proud of Anthony Sane because, and, and y'all, because much like y'all, and, and he just, he refused to be denied, right? Uh, uh, Sane started as a podcaster, said, look, I, I, you know, I'll do this a different way. And, and he's broke it into the mainstream media by doing what? By not taking no for an answer. And in the end, whether it's the entertainment industry, whether it's the, uh, Whatever it is that you want to break through, it's that. It's having that drive and knocking on that door, not just once and then not just the next door and the next door, but coming back to that first one and hitting it again. And, and Sane's relentlessness, right, his, his, his wanting to break through and be a part of this thing and not going to be denied got him there. And ev eventually, like, you know, uh, we were happy to be a small part of that because not long after he gets the, you know, he, he's, he's coming in for us. Uh, at number one as a guest, then then we get him a shot as a, 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 a weekly host when we're out on vacation. And from that, uh, uh, Lord knows, would have been great if we could have hired him if there's another. But from that, he gets a full-time gig. And, and back to the point, here's a guy who did it a different way. He didn't need to go like the old school way with me, go to the journalism school over at Memphis or or whatever. He cut out his own path. And so, so I use Sane as the example of that. Make your own path. You ain't got to do what everybody else is doing. You ain't got to do it the way they did it. If it's good and you are relentless about your craft and where you're trying to get to, brother, you can make the path on your own. It's like just taking a machete and cutting down everything that's in front of you. And, and, and he is the perfect example of how you can get into this media game and not have done it the way these so-called media folks think you need to do it. Penny Hardaway is an example of that, of not doing it the way the old school college basketball coach has done it, right? Showing you there's a different way to skin that cat. That, that'd be my advice, brother, for anybody trying to break through. You know, don't, don't worry about that first podcast that only had uh, uh, this many views. Think about that next one that you're doing. And then that next one, and it's the consistency and the keep coming back and the keep knocking on those doors that's eventually, man, going to kick in the door for you. And I promise you, so what, what happens is people see that work, they respect it, and then sooner or later, God puts the right people in your life to give you that opportunity, and then, bam, you're looking up and you're working full-time in the business that at one point maybe you thought, oh, man, that door will never open for me. 
It's that consistency, man, and that relentlessness. Sane's a great example of it, of just how, brother, we can get into this game, this this so-called new media. Uh, it's out there for us. And, and, and our voices, guys, y'all's voices, Sane's, they need to be heard. There is, there is an audience for that. And so that's my advice, brother, is just, man, just keep at it. Don't get discouraged. If this is truly in your heart and your passion, brother, get there. Because that door is there. It's just a matter of you kicking it in. Thank you, I, I promise y'all we're gonna talk about the trap. We just having good vibes right here. Just having a conversation. <laughs> we got a legend on, man. This is gonna be an on-day show, man. This yeah, be- yeah it's, it's, it's an organic <laughs> show. So just bear with us. We will get to the draft for those wondering. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's it for me, man. Shark, you got yeah. more? I mean, of nope. course, I got a thousand more questions, but I right. don't think you got to get to the draft. <laughs> <laughs> I got a thousand. Trust me. I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded. Man. Yeah, that's a worry right there. And that's definitely something we definitely uh Consistency, consistency is key is our motto. So mm-hmm. yeah, what you just said is there we go. That's forward. it, bro. That's yeah, it. But to move forward with the draft, though, uh, as you know, the Grizzlies got four players uh, with three draft picks. Uh, end up trading De'Anthony Milton in the process. So let's start with trading De'Anthony Milton. What your thoughts? Um, how you feel about De'Anthony Melton getting traded? Do you think we got proper replacement for him, or you think we will get proper replacement for him? As far as your thoughts, feelings about D'Melt? I don't you know. It's 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 tough because I'm not I'm not a huge I'm not a you know a huge David Roddy fan. Uh, I've watched him. I've, I've I like what I hear. Like what I you know you can watch the, the video, but in terms of you know what I struggle with what he's gonna be. You know, is he a 250, 60 pound shooting guard? Is he is he going to be, you know, want to be Draymond Green in the league, just a little better skilled offensively? Just you know, with that size, with I, I realize there's some athleticism there. He's a former uh, he's a former quarterback, but I just wonder what's the position. Whereas with Laravia, I just think it's a little bit more clear. Here's where I'm at though. It feels like if there is no feels like to it. Memphis gave DeAnthony Melton that opportunity, it, you know, for two straight years to, to, to shine both in the regular season and then come when they really needed him playoff time. And it was almost like, no, we're going we're gonna to hold on to him until we know. And that's what almost like last year's playoffs, it felt like to me, were, were, were that. It was sort of a baseline where you got a chance again. It, it, it was to find out you know, what you are and what guys are going to be in the most important time is, is, is the playoffs. And for, listen, Danton, one of my favorites, man, I still got the picture of him. When I told Chris he got traded, you know, it it, it, it didn't, you know, Chris didn't like it at all because we got pictures of him. We got DeAnthony's autograph. Great grizzly dude, always smiling. And, and, and again, during the regular season, man, doing it all. But it just felt like they had come to a point, that front office, Zach Kleiman had come to a point where we know what he is. Right. And unfortunately, because he can't be a backup point guard, right, with the possibility of Tyus leaving, we're just we're limited there. We see what you know, we see what he is and we're ready to move off him. My, my only issue is, you know, I, I'm not convinced David Roddy is going to be a guy that eventually ends up in your rotation. So it's unfortunate that that's the thing. But again, you know, wh- whether it's Roddy, whether it's Laravia, I do have a I, I do it. You know, I have a high confidence level. I'll be real honest with you. And climbing based on what he's done, it's hard not to. And so you figure uh, again that at least one of these first round guys will pan out. Um, I again, I have a harder time seeing it with Roddy, just in terms of the kind of a tweener. But um, I'm hopeful that he will, based on this, based on this front office's track record. Tough to see De'Anthony go. It just felt like it was sort of the 
the end of the line. I, I, I question, could you have used him for something else? But we'll, we'll, we'll see with uh, we'll see with Roddy. Real eager to see what he's going to look like in summer league. And more importantly, where exactly Memphis plans to use him? Because, hell, I've seen him listed as everything from combo forward to shooting guard. Right. To, you know, he can be small ball, even be a small ball big man for you. So I'm, I, I'm eager to see what the Grizzlies' plans are for him, you know, on the court rather than just talking. Yeah, and I had the opportunity to watch Roddy at the combine, and he didn't look too well. He looked a little out of place. I think just to your point, Jason, because we don't know what position he plays. Like this guy's six seven, two sixty. You think that uh, theoretically that would be a forward, but he's he looks like a guard to me. Basically, he's just a real big plays like a guard. guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So it'll be amazing. It'll be great to see what he looks like. Um in the coming weeks with summer league and see if he eventually would crack the rotation and how uh, Taylor Jenkins and crew is going to utilize this guy. Um, just like you said, man, it, it was tough to see the Anthony go. Um, I just, again, I just felt that these, these past two seasons where he wasn't playing as well as we thought, or we would have liked for him to play in the playoffs. Um, because again, he went virtually in the, couldn't really find him at this point. And then they got to a point where it became unplayable. And right. then given his size and not being able to slide in as a backup point guard, because we even talked about it years on, like it seems as though when he and Tyus is out there, those two were a nice little duo. Uh, but by him not being able to switch over and play the point guard position on top of him not having a great playoffs, not just his past playoffs, but not just his past two series with the Warriors and the Timberwolves, but even – with yep. the first round series last season against uh, the Jazz, it, it just got to a point in time. It's like, well, we can just slide somebody else there, give some of those extra minutes to Zaire or something. And yeah, it, it's tough to see him go, but man, I, I understand. I'll definitely say there, I mean, there's a void in score and punch off that bench now that's yeah. going to have to be answered for with him leaving, though. And again, I don't Absolutely. think Roddy's ready to come in and fill that off the bat. So whether it's adding a veteran or you know, one of these other guys that that's because I again I don't think you just plug it up with John Conchar and, all, and you're good. So they've got <laughs> they've got questions there now that you've especially in the immediate with Melton gone. Yeah. We got Danny Green now. He's he Torres ACL. <laughs> Danny, first of all, Danny Green, Danny Green will not suit up for the Grizzlies this year. I, he, he will, will not, not wear a Grizzlies uniform. Will he, he will not wear a Grizzlies uniform this season. Even he's still on the roster, he won't. <laughs> he tore his ACL, literally. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm yeah, even if he's on the roster, but I, I'm telling you, he will not be wearing a Grizzlies uniform. Get ready. But this even stands back to three years, the bubble. Those was essentially eight playoff games, and Melton didn't show up. Dan either. So really it goes three years in a row uh, when Tyrese was out doing the bubble and uh, Melton was pseudo, uh, pseudo backup point guard. So I think, it, uh, yeah, you go, Jason. I, I, I was just going to say, you know, the Grizzlies gave him that chance again to, to sort of rebound this year. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, Brandon Clark this year after, yeah. you know, sort of falling out of the rotation, right? Mm-hmm. Last year jumps back in and then in the playoffs proves, hey, I'm st- I can still be this, this impact guy. And he's shown, given that 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 next opportunity, that second opportunity, hey, I, I I am a part. Here's how valuable I am. And unfortunately, Melton could have sort of followed a similar a similar script, and it was it was just more the same. If he had, you know, maybe maybe we're, we're talking a different story here. But I think it's 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 what you guys said. It's just sort of 
it's it's a combined number of things that just for that front office they said you know what it's, I, I think we've reached the end of the road here yeah the thing i respect about climbing is he does when he loves players he's gonna go get them um even going back, I kind of toned down uh, all of us, including you, Jason. I remember none of us liked Triple J when he got picked. Uh, I didn't, most of us on the podcast, and I liked Zaire when he got picked. So this year, I took a different approach. When he picked up LaRavia, when he picked up Roddy, I was like, you know what? I, I've been wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I know that was me last year. I, I said, I'm that, I, 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 I wasn't. And I said, I'm not. I, I'm, I was okay with Zaire being picked. I just didn't like the Grizzlies moving up, to trading up. Exactly, that was it. Yeah, I thought he would have. Yeah, I thought he would have been there at seventeen. Exactly. To be honest with you, but no, I, I thought again, the exact same thing and said it then. But the only thing is, and, I, and I've had to apply it to to, to to apply it to this year is that you know if Laravia, if Roddy, if they if they pan out, it ain't gonna. It, it you know in this case. Same thing with Zaire. It's not going to matter to us at all whether they got him exactly. at, you know, at 19 or 29, quite frankly. That's the thing about it. And, again, I've been saying you, you almost have to give that front office the benefit of the doubt just because mm-hmm. of how successful they've been. It is such night and day difference from that previous front office where it was just how they going to screw this up. Uh, he has found so much value. And like you said, he, when he's moved up, he's hit on his man. And so – uh, yeah, man, I'm like you, Shark. I, I've had to take a, a different approach this year because that was me last year saying they had mm-hmm. reached on Zaire. And here I see this young kid contributing in the playoffs, knocking down fourth quarter three-pointers. Hell, I didn't see that this time. And and, and so, again, ha- how can I sit up here and tell you LaRavia ain't going to be ready for when plugged in this year that there's no way Roddy can make it. No, we're going to sit back and, and see and give these guys the benefit of the doubt at least early on. I think from a player perspective too, like to see a, tra- a team trade up for you, it kind of boosts your confidence and within the organization, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, no. it has to. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then you get to the second round where you trade where a player who's dropping mostly probably because of his height, who's from the city, who had a great year at the University of Tennessee. You decide to trade back in and get him really at a great value at pick number thirty-eight. So, what y'all thought? Just like I was typing where y'all put the Kennedy Thomas, especially getting him in the second round. Listen, I, I felt I felt awful watching Kennedy Chandler slide, and so when he when he got when fired, the the, the Grizzlies made the trade to come up and get him. Uh, you know, I, I can't help but but for as a as a guy who grew up rooting for Memphis products. You know, it it was it wasn't the necessarily the ending to the story, and really this is just the beginning that you you you'd put in your perfect little fairy tale. But it was nice that he can be in a place uh, that 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 number one knows him, knows the way he's come up, right, and values what they're getting in him. Frankly, and 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 again, for for everything we're saying about value and where the Grizzlies got Laravia and and and, and Roddy as well. It, it does seem like the Grizzlies made up a little bit, even even if those guys, in terms of where you got Kenny Chandler, again, the second round, a guy who at one time is mocked as a lottery guy, and then right before the draft, the late first rounder. But but back to it, it's a great story because Kenny Chandler's always had that chip on his shoulder, and it's going to stay there, frankly, being a second-round pick. And, and, and that's a good thing when you're, uh, 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 as a fan of the Grizzlies or as media covering them, because Kenny Chandler with a chip on his shoulder is a, is a Kenny Chandler that's driven and motivated and one that you want to, frankly, you don't want to play against. I, I, I will never forget, we were talking about COVID earlier, going into that church uh, 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 two years ago, uh, 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 close to Germantown, 
and going into that gym and seeing Kennedy and John Morant going at it. Musa Cisse was in the building. Uh, it was sort of a, it was a who's who campaign was in there at the time trying to rehabilitate his career. And I said it on the radio after we came out of it, after came coming away from watching it that weekend. Kenny Chandler was the dude that had impressed me the most. As high as Ja was jumping, and we were still just getting used to Ja's athleticism and everything else, and as many shots as Musa Cisse blocked, and at that time, people were still raving about him. Man, Kenny Chandler, his poise, the way he played versus Ja without fear, it stood out then. Um, you've seen the bat. We've seen it in the mainstream since and how well he's performed on the big stage. Just look at Tennessee in the SEC tournament and how great he was there. But just when you get a guy that's that driven, right, and really the only thing holding him back is size, I just think it's it's a great formula for the Grizzlies who know that you're going to have to put a buffer in between him and this and, and the backup point guard job, I think, a veteran of some sort, whether that's Tyus Jones or whatever, because Kenny's not ready for it now. But you give him a couple of years, and and I think there's a very good chance he will be. I, I love the story. I love the way this kid's been brought up, and I love the fact that he's still going to have the the chip on his shoulder that's gotten him to this point. He is a dog, man. From the day he took Jalen Green's ball on the way to winning a, a Peach Jam title and took it down the other end, dunked it. He doesn't care about what's what he's going against. Doesn't care who's on the other end. He's fearless. And, and again, there's going to be a way to uh, – I think for the Grizzlies eventually for him to to see the court as, as Jaws backup point eventually. I love the I love that pick and, and particularly where they got him. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be exciting to see him in South Haven this year, uh playing with the hustle. Absolutely definitely gonna be looking to go to a couple of those games. Um yeah. I don't really have any much to add to that. Jason pretty much took everything that I was gonna mention about Kenny Chandler, the story that he's had being from the city. Uh, I watched that entire SEC tournament that he uh, that, and the show that he put on for Tennessee to wield them to the SEC title and, uh, of course, eventually in the tournament. Um, but, yeah, in the end, man, I, it was a great value for Memphis to pick him up at 38. Uh, again, I'm looking forward to Summer League. It is probably my favorite time of the year outside of the regular season in the playoffs. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see what he brings to the table. Uh, I already know he's going to bring it. He has that chip on the shoulder, as Jason mentioned. And, man, I'm excited, man. July 7th can't get here any, any quick enough, man. I'm just excited. That Summer League team should be a good one. I, I'm, I'm eager to see what Zaire and watch his development and Mm-hmm. And can can he sort of use that same model that Bain, you know, the Grizzlies used with him? To I, I'm I'm him. expecting I'm expecting Zaire so. to drop thirty his first game, and then he doesn't play another right. song. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly uh, what I'm expecting. I <laughs> hope I hope so, man. Because I, I tell you what, I, I I know the you know the numbers weren't there all year, but man, Zaire impressed me. And and, and guys, I know Clemens mentioned using him at the two. I've always seen him as as maybe the replacement for. Dylan Brooks eventually is the three. Um, whatever it's going to be, though, I, I feel I feel a lot better about him, especially after those playoffs than I did certainly when the Grizzlies took him. But um, yeah, man, I, I do. I, it, there is a concern in the back of your mind that sooner or later, though, man, Clyman's has got to miss on one of these guys, right? One or more with his uh, with as high as that hidden percentage is right now. Right, man. When you draft four of them in one draft, hey, you can afford yeah. to miss <laughs> out of four. Exactly. Hopefully yeah. there's a gem in the mix, though, at least one, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And speaking of Bane, uh, Vince Williams, uh, if y'all remember when we drafted Bane, we all saw a video of him hitting like 43s in a row. 
Well, video Vince Williams came out <laughs> about 20, 30 threes in a row. So how do y'all feel about the final? I didn't think too much of the people when you first got drafted until I saw the video. So what's y'all thoughts about Vince Williams and his shooting that he brings? I will defer to you, gentlemen, because if this if this brother I hadn't watched I hadn't watched, v, I hadn't watched VCU, I hadn't watched Vince Williams, I have no idea. Um <laughs> To Shargi's Shargi's point, until I saw the video of him hitting those threes, I had no idea. (laughs) Again, we'll see how he looks in summer league. If he's good enough to be on the hustle roster, we'll see him in South Haven. That's all I can tell you on this week. I'm sorry. Yep, yep. And one last question: Free agency coming up. What is one? I guess a bold prediction. It's not really bold. What what prediction do you think the Grizzlies make? Or what do you what uh what's the prediction you think they'll do? Either resign the tire. Well, I mean the, the, the one star, I hope or, happens, Shark, is the, is that they get Ty's job back. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll be real honest with you. I, I hope that happens for you because again, a backup point guard, but he also helps you. We talked about with that Delon, uh, excuse me, that uh uh, uh with, with our man's De'Anthony Melton's with that void left there from a scoring standpoint. So he helps you there. He's going to, you're going to have to put something else with him, though. Um, if you can keep him, right? If you can keep him, and the market's going to dictate that. That's it. If you cannot, if you cannot retain Tyus Jones, like I said, if it's somebody that can help in both areas, play a little bit of point for you, play with Ja, right? Play, play a little bit of point on that, that backup point guard, maybe shift over to shooting guard. Um, Listen, I know it's not a name that's really that that's that's thrown out there a ton just because it ain't sexy. And last year, the Atlanta Hawks didn't use him much. But DeLon White is 6'5". And the dude has shown since he left Memphis, I think it's been around 37% from three. He couldn't hit the side of a barn when he was a Grizzly. <laughs> but, but, but he did do a little bit of everything else. He's improved that shooting percentage to the point that, okay, it's credible and you – you have to – he keeps defenses honest. But my point, at 6'5", you can play him with job. He could mm-hmm. be a little – he could lean point guard for you uh, uh, with that second unit, provide a little bit of scoring. And I just think, frankly, with as little as he played with the Hawks last year, I want to tell you he's still young, too, like only 30. I don't have his age in front of me right now, but the little bit he played with the Hawks, it's almost like you preserved a year there. Uh, you can get him cheap. And I'm not saying there aren't, you know, better answers for more, but if you're looking for a cheap alternative, I just think – a guy like DeLon Wright, who, you know, has been here when he played against the Grizzlies last year. He shined even, you know, uh, for the limited opportunity he got with the Hawks. He played well against Memphis because he can still he can shoot the ball and has proven it since he left here. I just I just put DeLon Wright out there if Memphis, again, does not get a – just cannot retain a Tyus Jones. And maybe even if they can with that, what, 17 to 20 million, maybe there's a way you can work it out. And, and, and DeLon is helping you for that from that, uh, from that DeAnthony Melton providing a little bit of scoring bunch off the bench. There are other guys out there, I can tell you, a wish list of the big name free agents, but I just don't end up thinking that's the way the Grizzlies are going to go this offseason. Oh, man, bold prediction. Well, my bold prediction kind of came true, but just kind of halfway, because I did say a couple of shows ago that the Grizz will find their backup point in the draft, because I, I didn't think that Tyus Jones was coming back. However, I don't feel that Kenny Chandler is ready to step into their role as of yet. So, um, with right. that being said, I will change it, and I do think that Tyus will be back with the Grizzlies next season. I hope so. I yep. hope you're right. 
I think them trading the Anthony Melton kind of freed up some space to, so they can do that. I think that was, that was a give out. Like as soon as we traded Melton, I'm like, oh, Ty's coming back. Cool. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it did. It, it gave you enough money. And like we said, the, the Knicks are going to get their, you know, the Rumblings are, they'll get their man in Brunson. Um, you know, I know, I know that it's the next tier down, but like I said, hopefully that, one of the teams that maybe if they had missed on Brunson would have been interesting times takes them off the board and uh, hopefully like I said with that extra money uh, you can bring ties back on a, a team friendly deal probably for him a short one or two I'm thinking because he'll want to get back out there obviously and maximize but it's been such a good thing for both sides and you get the feeling like you know Tyus uh, understands that that you know again on a short term hopefully the two you know 20 for two whatever it is hopefully there's a way to get that done Yep, and plus they draft the replacements with slow mo, so that means slow mo would be gone. That frees up even more money. Slow mo's <laughs> gone. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle, yeah, Kyle's gone. Yep. Yeah, so, you can pretty much book that. It's a sad day for me, but you know it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you and Sheedy. Shout out to Sheedy, who, who's also a big Kyle fan, also. So. Hey, it's team uh, Larapio from here on out. But yeah, I agree with y'all with Tyus. I think he is back now. Um, they pretty much the decision makes they made pretty much guaranteed that uh DeMar Wright is an interesting choice because of, he was even good that year, uh the half a year with the Grizzlies outside of shooting. He was like say, Yeah, absolutely. He was great. Yeah, I think he can do a, a little bit of everything for you. Again, yeah, you know, it's lower down the totem pole, but man, you would get you talk about getting somebody on a good contract. You know, Dennis Schroeder, I saw that thrown about. I think the CA had that name out there as well. You know, I I, I just I, I would lean more towards one of those younger guys than maybe a Rondo mm-hmm. or a Dragic. Again, this is assuming this is this is saying if you don't keep Tyus, but um again I'm I'm just looking at a guy who can play some point but also be a scorer for you on that second unit. You're gonna need it with the Anthony gone. Can yeah. you put together an all time Grizz team real quick? Ooh. Gotta do it for Sheedy. I wonder how many come on now. Gotta do it for Sheedy. Gotta do it for Sheedy, yeah. All-time Grizzlies team? Yeah, who would you start at point, shooting, small forward, power forward, center? Man, and how many of these current guys would you? Okay, I mean, the point guard is easy. I'm putting Jaw there. I don't know, you know, Mike Conley, I'm sorry. Uh, but that one's <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm with we're you. with you there, so you don't, don't feel sorry. We're all yeah, with you there. That one's easy for a <laughs> um, Mike Miller or Desmond Bain? Um, I, my partner would want me to put Mike Miller, so I'm not gonna do it. I'm putting this and Bane at the two. We get enough Mike Miller representation from 11th and the two on the Jason and John show, as you know. So, no, uh, we're going with Desmond Bane. We feel like the ceiling is higher on that young brother. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going with. All right. Uh, All right. And that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I think, I think, uh, man, on the, uh, on the small, can I, can, does, do I, I gotta go, I gotta go Memphis Grizzlies. Can I put Sharif there and then put a uh, Zebo? Yeah. You, you want to put Sharif? Yeah, you Sharif. Right? Just to kind of go <laughs> a little, maybe a little old. Hey, that's a guy that doesn't get as much love as he should. Cause that man. Sharif Abdul Rahim. Sharif Abdul Rahim. Oh, man. Yeah, they tried him when they got in Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> Zebo at the four, of course, and I gotta go with Gasol at the at the five. I think that's my. Which, I think that's my. Which Gasol? Gasol. Which one? Which one? Which Gasol? Gasol's my five. Which, which one? one? Which Gasol? 
Man, I, <laughs> the power we had was soft. I, Kobe may do the uh, but I don't want that power. I want. I, I'm gonna get Mark, and, and I get. I, I was right. ready for the Grizzlies to push the button and start over, but maybe before some others were. And part of my, you know, Mark would get caught in my in my line of fire sometimes. But don't get me wrong, had a great respect for that dude, man. Especially man when oh next to Zebo, like those two together, and so yeah, yeah I wish Gasol. No, Mark, brother. No, I ain't hey, getting we had to clarify. We had to clarify. Mark Zebo, Sharif, Abdul Rahim, Desmond Bain, and John Morant. That, that's going to be my five. Nice. Nice. Hey, I, like I like it. I like it. It's very, very uh, out the box because, you know, most people have missed the first team all defense. So, yeah, very out the box thinking. A little different. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, this ends it, man. Thank you, uh, Jason. Like it was a pleasure, Ryan. Thank you for uh, no, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate appreciate you guys having me. And like I said, uh, no, man. Any uh, anything I can do for you guys in the future, let me know anytime uh, I can come back, man. I, I'd love to. And uh, y'all just let me know. Really, really, really enjoyed it, guys. For sure. You know, like our other podcast called Let's Be Real. And you say Let's oh, Be we Real. Got, we got to get on Let's Be Real because we just <laughs> got to open it up. <laughs> on the show. If we could chop like, it up like this, just talking <laughs> Grizz basketball. Let's Be Real. I'm down. I'll get, I'll get me a little studio like Shark back there. Give me a little. Uh, nice <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it ready. For sure. For sure. Man, let uh, let the people know where they can uh, follow you at. Uh, can follow me on, on Twitter at Jason Smith 929. Uh, but yeah, Instagram as well, Jason Smith 929. Listen to us hopefully from uh, Monday, Monday through Friday on 929 FM ESPN on the uh, on the Jason and John. So, man, I really appreciate uh, you brothers letting me do that and, and having me on tonight, man. Appreciate no doubt. Man, exactly. But y'all keep up the great work. Uh, thank you. Absolutely. Can't stop. Yes, don't stop. Mm -mm. Yeah. That's it. Hey. Right. And as always, y'all know y'all. always, y'all know y'all can follow us at the starting five, number five, MEM, by the Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies, and listen to other podcasts on the network, GBB Live, and the Court and 3 and D. And remember to follow me on Twitter at the one underscore P Shark. Yeah, and just remember we're no longer melting, so follow my uh fellow wingmate, uh Skylar at underscore Silito. And of course, I'm at the Art of Trevor. First letter of each word is capitalized except of because of is a preposition. So. Hey, it's your man at Sam Shakira. Appreciate y'all for listening. Jason, appreciate you, man. Pleasure, Jim. Y'all take and care. And again, follow our fifth guy, Sheedy, at It's Really Sheedy. It's Really Sheedy. That's him. <laughs> 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 Go breathe. Go breathe.